welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hi there. Editing Marcus here. Just to let you guys know that um, before, literally like 20 minutes before Jamar came online and we had a chat, uh, the wire in my microphone decided to break, which was amazing. But it also meant that I had to basically find some sort of backup to record this episode just to make sure that uh, we could have a chat with Jamar and it would be all fantastic. So the sound quality is not going to be amazing for this one. So please bear with it. Jamar was an amazing person to chat to. Cameron Battle and the Hidden Kingdoms is a fantastic book. And so I really do want to promote this uh, in all its entirety. So with that being saying, let's get on with the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I'm your host. And we're joined from a very special guest across the pond in America, author of debut middle grade novel, Cameron Battle and the Hidden Kingdoms. It's Jamal Perry. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, it's so cool. We're finally like reaching out to people in America, authors in America, and having you on the show. It's like going global. It's absolutely amazing. But you are a brand new guest here on the show, and it's lovely to have you. But we want to get to know a little bit more about you. Can you tell us a, a small snippet about your writing journey, how you got involved in writing, and your journey up to where you are now? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for that question. It's such a... Whew, my author journey has been such a such a roller coaster, right? Um, and I tell this... And I, okay, so I'll start off by saying that I used to be a middle um, school teacher. Um, so I taught 6th uh, grade, 7th grade, and 8th grade. So I taught 12, 13, and 14-year-olds in America in Washington, D.C. for four years. Um, so when I was doing that, I have always been thinking about writing for a long time, but I never thought that I was really, really good at it because I was always a good reader, but I never thought I was a good writer. Um, and all the research suggests that if you, if you want to become a good reader, you have to be able to read more. And once you become a good writer, you have to be able to read more too. And so I always thought, well, I read all the time. Why is, why is it that my writing skills are just not up to par? And so that was, uh, some, just some of the things that I was struggling with, you know, on my journey, um, into becoming a writer. But it, it took me four years of teaching middle school to kind of realize that, you know, I really wanted to write for that age group and I really wanted to really understand like who my students, who my students were at a personal level and really put their lives into novels. And that's how I kind of start writing. But that's the simple answer, right? But the long answer, the long complicated answer is that my writing journey began when I was 11, 10, 11 years old, right? And so when I grew up, I grew up in a small um, city called Phoenix City, Alabama. Um, it's a very, very small city in Alabama. It's so small that it's not even on the map. Like, you, you can barely see it. And so I grew up very, very isolated, and I grew up very, very lonely, and I grew up very, very depressed. I have an identical twin brother, and I love him to death, and we are best friends. But back in those days, when I was growing up, look, look at me say back in those days like I'm an old person. But um, back, you know, back when I was growing up, they didn't put siblings in the same classes together um, at school because it kind of felt like we wouldn't, you know, we would play too much, we would joke around too much, we wouldn't get any learning done. But that's just not how I was. And so because I was so lonely, so isolated, and I didn't have, I, I didn't really have any friends, I ran to books all the time. I, I love, I love to read books. And specifically, I love to read 
um, fantasy and sci-fi books. And so every time at lunch and every time at recess and every time after school, I will always be in the library just reading. I will always pick up a book because that was just what I love to do. And so that made me even more lonelier because people saw me as he's the boy who likes who, who likes to just read all the time. He doesn't talk. He doesn't talk as much. He doesn't have many friends as much. So it just kind of created like a catch twenty two, right? So not only was I lonely, then I started reading, and then people treated me even worse because I was reading a lot. So my journey started back then when I was just uh, just this lonely boy who didn't feel like you know I, I didn't feel like I was worthy of anything, and so unfortunately. I felt like I felt that way. So my all my emotions and all my feelings were all tied up into the books that I read. And so that's kind of how my journey started. So I was just lonely black kid um, from Tennessee, Alabama, who didn't really have many people to talk to. And so as I grew up, I kind of took that experience with me, took took the experience of me being a 10, 11, 12 year old black boy. And then I started teaching 11, 12 year old black boys mostly. And then that kind of led me to my journey to writing Cameron Battle of the Hidden Kingdom. So I think about it a lot as like, it's just been a training ground for all the stuff that I've been doing now. And so that's what really led me to, um, you know, being a writer. It's just, I've just been writing what I know. Yeah, and I can actually now see it's starting to just turn cogs in my mind because knowing Cameron's sort of, reading yes. Cameron's story, yeah. I can now see that loneliness in sort of Cameron, uh, you know, when he's not hanging around that's with like Zion and such. You can like, okay, I can see that. His self-doubt, you know, and the way he's sort of like sort of taken away from, you know, he's not in a position of confidence because growing up, as he loses his parents very early on. He lives with his grandma. And so his connection to his friends is really important, almost in the same way you have a connection to your brother. So when you're writing Cameron or when you started the journey with writing Cameron, was he like the, the focal point at the beginning? Was it always like, there's going to be this boy and he's going to go on this magical journey? Or was there like, you talk about reading all those fantasy worlds. Was it like, I got an idea for a fantasy world and then you had to come up with a protagonist? Yeah, so Cameron was the focus first, I'll say that. And I love that you mentioned about like how, when, when you think about it, Cameron is an analog of my life. He's an analog of me when I was a child, like 100%. And I wanted this to be my debut novel because I put so much of myself into it. Like Cameron, he he's lonely. He's depressed. He is missing his parents because he doesn't have them to talk to anymore. And it was just like me when I was growing up. I was lonely. I was depressed. And then my parents, really, my parents are still living, but they didn't really understand me, right? And they didn't really, they were really about masculinity um, and toxic masculinity, right? So they were all about like playing sports and how many girlfriends do you have and things like that. And so I felt like I really couldn't talk to my parents about anything. And my parents were not really open to talking about emotions as, as much as I want them to either. So I put myself into camera in, 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 in numerous ways. So I started off by thinking about what is my own childhood? How is my own childhood compared to now? And then how can I curate this character named Cameron Battle who's going through some of the same things that I was going through growing up? But also, how can we take this quiet boy on an adventure? And how, he, how can this quiet, lonely boy become magic? And how can he become a hero? And how can he learn how to save the entire world? Um, and so a lot of the times from the books that I, I would read, the hero is always static, right? The hero is bombastic. He's loud. He's, he wants to be a hero. He, he's 100%. Uh, if, if it's a boy hero, he's 100% masculine, what you, what, you, what you would expect a masculine boy would be. But Cameron's not like that at all. I wanted to really create a character who becomes a hero who is reluctant about it, right? He's reluctant. He, sometimes he doesn't want to be a hero. Sometimes he wants to go home. Sometimes he wants to, you know, lay down in the bed and go to sleep. Sometimes he wants to be with his parents. Sometimes he doesn't want to do some of the things that his mother left for him to do. 
And so I really want to showcase a boy who is going through a lot. He doesn't have that many friends. He only has Zion, Zion and Aaliyah. And we'll talk about Zion and Aaliyah later and why I wrote them the way I wrote them. But he only has Zion and Aaliyah and his grandmother. Um, and that's pretty much it. But his best friends really keep him on the road to becoming a hero because sometimes he just wants to give up. And that's okay because of the stuff that he's been through. You know, at, at such a young age, he's been through so much that it's okay for him to kind of make those decisions and then have those, those emotions around what it means to become a hero. So I really, really picked Cameron Battle first, the protagonist came to me first, and then I wanted to position him in a fantasy world just so that quiet black boys like Cameron Battle and like me could have a hero that they could root for. Absolutely, and he does immerse himself into one of the most fascinating worlds I've read in a long time, Shidani. It's very heavily inspired by Western African and Igbo sort of culture and uh, heritage. I just found it so fascinating. It's something like, it saddens me to say that I, I wasn't already aware of it. It hasn't been on my periphery. It hadn't been in the mainstream. So I hadn't, it, like, really apart from, you know, in the last couple of years, stuff like Black Panther taking a sort of a sort of like a whirlwind tour because Marvel had boosted it. We don't have that sort of influence in what I call the norm. But it was so amazing because it has the way I love the learning through story. You're not forcing it down my throat. You're just letting me like learn all these cool things as I went along. Every time there was like a mention to sort of like, uh, I don't know, some like culture or the dress, you know, stuff like the dashiki, the, uh, is it Agbad does? You know, I'm like, what is that? Let me Google, let me find out. Oh, that looks awesome, you know, and then I can then pitch them in my mind and I've got these now for future reference. You know, the, the little dabbles of sort of like Igbo language that sort of just gets drippled through. The one way I was sort of like, trying to think of it and do apologize for the sort of like the way I, I analyze this but I, I initially thought it was a sort of a sprinkling it's like you've got beautiful cake and you sort of put some lovely sprinkles on the top of this sort of like this cultural flavoring and then I was like no 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 once I got deeper into the book I was like nah this isn't a sprinkle on top this is like the main ingredient like you're cooking in the kitchen with all these different flavors I wonder how much possibly you went away and you sort of did your own research on it, found out a bit more of your heritage. How much of like yourself is really like, as the chef in this recipe analogy that I'm going down, like how much of it did you spend like developing the world of Shidani? Yeah, so I spent, oh, that's such a great question. So, and I love that you said that like as you're reading it, I'm not, I give you the information, but it's not like pages and pages of lecture type notes. Right. The way I write is I like to sprinkle in the world building, uh, especially if it's something that a lot of people don't know. I like to sprinkle, sprinkle it in through conversation, like sprinkle it in through like descriptions and things like that. Right. So I don't just have someone completely just tell you about this world over three, 300 pages. Right. I don't do that. Um, and I love that you mentioned that, you know, it is it's easy to follow because like you feel like not, you feel like not, you feel like you're with Cameron in the contemporary modern world. But then when he, when, when he goes to shit up, you also feel like. You know, you, you can see what it means to live there because of the way that that information is sprinkled throughout the novel. And so, again, with um, Shidani, I created I created this country because I was exploring again, like who I was. And so, Cameron, he he's a Black American. He he lives in America. He comes from Atlanta, Georgia, in America. Not only is he understanding who his parents were, but he's also understanding who his ancestors were as well too. Like, how did they? How did he get from Nigeria? from the Igbo ethnic group 
to America. And so that was just something for me that I needed to explore. It's so funny how, like, I'm writing this book, but I'm realizing that years ago I was, I had been doing the planning and the planning stages for this book so long ago. So I'm 31 now, but I actually started thinking about, you know, my own heritage when I was 21, when I was in college. And so, unfortunately, for a lot of Black Americans, we don't know where we come from, right? A lot of us just know that we were born in America, and that's just it. And a lot of us know our immediate family, and that's it. And we know our immediate city, and that's it. And so, for me, growing up, I only knew that I was a Black American from Sydney City, Alabama, and my immediate, all my immediate family lived there, and that was it. That's all. That's all I knew about where I was from. And, was all, and, that's, and all the stories that were told about my family were all centered around Phoenix City, Alabama, in America. And so it wasn't until I went to college where I really started researching into who I was. Like I, I wanted to know. I wanted to know who I who am I outside of my immediate family? Where did we come from? Where did we migrate from? Where where were we forcibly taken away from? Right. That started taking me to thinking about enslavement and how you know. Uh, Specifically, Nigerians and the Igbo ethnic group were taken from, forcibly taken from Africa and put on slave boats and taken to America. And so I started thinking about, I want to know who I am outside of my immediate family. And that's when I found out a lot about, you know, my ancestry. Culturally, of course, I'm not Igbo, but ancestrally, I am Igbo from an Igbo ethnic group. And I wanted to explore that. I really want to explore that mythology. I really want to explore you know, who I was outside of my immediate family, and I also wanted to explore who I was in Africa and in Nigeria. And I think I did that pretty well, I think, because there's so much stuff sprinkled throughout the text and so much mythology sprinkled throughout the text as well. And so we always talk about, you know, Percy Jackson as the one who kind of started the whole mythology-based fantasy world. And so I want to just kind of put a spin on that, and I want to say, you know, Greek mythology is not the only mythology out there. I want I want to talk about West African mythology as well because these religions and these mythologies and myths and fables and folklore are all true for these people who who believe it. And I want to show that. And I think Cameron Cameron does that. I think that he comes up. He has to learn so much about his own modern world and what's happening there, but he's also learning about his whole ancestral world that his parents came from and that he came from. And he has to realize that not only do I come from this from this place? I also have to become the hero of this place as well. And so all of it is just, again, like as you said, it's such a sprinkling of my life in throughout the entire text and the exploration of my life. Yeah, and it's so nicely done with Cameron as our sort of protagonist as a vehicle because you've mentioned a couple of times that he isn't just the guy who's just going to go, yeah, I'm the hero, and he just takes over. It's really nicely done where... He takes some time to, to grow. Like they spend quite a bit of time in, in, in Shidani. I think it's like three months or something they end up being there. Ends up only being a couple of days because through the beautiful magic of, you know, other worlds and these portal worlds where, oh, you know, time hasn't really moved here. But right. they train, like they learn this um, this martial art. Is it Dambe? You know, he has to go through, and there's there's times <laughs> where he he's so reluctant to be the hero. Like, he pushes Zion in front of that. It's like when they're like, "Who is the descendant?" And he was like, "Oh, Zion." He's like pushing him in front, like, "Not me. Don't don't look at me." But it's beautiful with that. And I'm now going to move on to Zion and, and the supporting cast, uh, Alia and uh, the you know Queen Ramala. The whole world is so well fleshed out with these other characters. I wonder if you say exploring yourself. Are there inspirations from maybe friends, family who have made their way into the personalities of some of the other characters here? Um, no. Um, I'll tell you why. So, <laughs> Zion, I wanted to create 
Because at first, Cameron didn't have any friends. Because again, I was going, I was going from my own life, right? Um, at first, and so, um, when I added Zion, Zion and Aaliyah to the novel, they weren't. They were, they were literally the same character as Cameron. Um, they didn't really, they, they kind of were like the same people as Cameron. Because again, people don't understand. Well, a lot of people do understand now that we know with psychology and all that stuff. Like when you say something to a child, or when you do something to a child, a lot of that stuff sticks with them. You know, as they go into adulthood. So even now, because of the fact that I didn't really have any friends growing up, it's hard for me to make connections with people. Um, it's really hard for me to kind of make connections with people, and it's really hard for me to, you know, keep friendships because not that I don't want them, it's just that I'm not used to having them, right? So when you're not used to something, I'd just rather be alone, right? And so I'm learning, you know, as I'm 31, it's so, so fun, I'm 31 years old right now, and I'm still trying to you know, make those connections with people that I really want to make. And so Zion and Leah became different slivers of myself as I was revising the novel. So Cameron is the lonely part of me. Um, Zion is the part of me that after I was so lonely for so for so many years, I went to high school and I realized that people would leave me alone if I was funny, you know. And I, and I became funny because I read a lot, right? And so I knew how to come back really quick you know, with people like as you see now, I, 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 I just love talking, and I can talk all day if you allow me to. <laughs> so every time someone would say something, or I would say something back to them really quick because I, I read a lot. And so in order to become, and I, I love when I was teaching, I always told my students like, if you really want to be a really good talker and a good speaker and someone who who knows, you know, how to how to how to code switch through different crowds, you have to be able to read a lot. And so that's what I did. And so. I became Zion in, in the, in, I still didn't have any friends, but people would laugh at me and people would laugh with me and we make, I would make jokes all the time and I'm really good at making jokes now. And so Zion became, you know, that part of myself. And then Aaliyah is the one who, because I read a lot, I was very, very smart, very, very intelligent. And I always, I mean, I got A's on everything. And so Aaliyah is like that. Aaliyah is the one who tells Cameron like how it is, right? She's like, no, you need to do this, 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 and this. Or she, or she can pick up on things that Cameron wants to hide, right? So when Cameron says a lot about, I wonder what's going to happen between me and Zion when we go back to the real world. She's the one, he tries to change the subject, but she's the one who says, Zion loves you and you love him too, right? And so she's the one who's like, can pick up on a lot of things that, you know, that Cameron wants to hide from people. And I'm really good at that too. And so I, those characters became just different ways of me thinking about who I was growing up and different ways of me being myself. And so I always want to just say that too about Cameron Battle is that, you know, these characters are three-dimensional, so they go through so much and they, and they all have emotions and they all have different things to make that, that makes them tick. And so I create these characters, especially the three main characters, I created them as an analog with myself growing up. And I also created, of course, Ramallah and Akbala and the gods and goddesses and things like that. That's all from evil mythology. So, yeah. So that, that all has a real-world analog as well, too. Fantastic. Well, it's amazing. I've really been very lucky to get an advanced copy here in the UK. It's coming out in the UK on March the 3rd, but you guys who listen to us in America, you can get your mitts on this straight away. It's out now from Bloomsbury in the US, Australia, and New Zealand. So if you can, go out and grab it because it is a fantastic read. These characters are so well fleshed out, so well developed. The story just feels immersive and exciting and it just completely ticks. I think you're right. It's going to find a great audience with, I think, that 12-year-old uh, like boy age range. You know, the ones who are like, oh, I don't really read. 
read this, you'll love Cameron, and you'll get right back into reading again. So uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And of course, like all good books, it leaves us wanting more with the ending. I'm not going to spoil it, but Jamal, you got to tell me, like, are you working on book two? How's it going? And are you excited for it? Yes, so thank you for asking that question too, because I was literally just revising that last night. So I literally finished, I finished the first draft of book two um, maybe three weeks ago, but then I, well, I finished the, the, the first draft of book two back in December, and I sent it off to my publisher, and I got notes from her three weeks ago. And so, okay, so here's the thing, right? <laughs> when you're writing and you don't have a book deal and you don't have a publisher, you can take as long as you want to take. So it took me a long time to write Cameron Battle, the first book. The second book, my publisher was like, okay, you got a month, go, right? Um, so <laughs> I'm dealing with, right, I'm dealing with trying to write Cameron Battle, book two, while promoting Cameron Battle, book one. So it's been something that's really, really, it's been interesting to say the least, but I have finished the first draft of book two, and I'm working on the revisions, and I'm super excited about it. It'll come out. So if, it, if it's March 3rd in the UK, uh, if that's the date for, you know, Cameron Battle Book 1, then March of next year will be Cameron Battle Book 2. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about it. So it'll be out next year, so there will be a sequel for sure. Fantastic. And do you have anything else on the rise? Or are you just, like, completely blinkered in, focused on, boom, Cameron Battle 1 and 2, just get them done? Um, I have another thing. Well, I'll talk to my publisher as well because she read the, the, the first draft of Cameron Battle Book 2. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a lot of, of course, it's sold in a two-book deal, so it's supposed to end after Book 2. Um, So a lot of stuff that I left unsaid in Book 1 does get answered in Book 2. So I'm excited to see how, how people, um, you know, react to the decisions that I made in Book 2. Uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if people are going to like the decisions that I made in Book 2, but I hope that they will because, again, as you know from reading it, you know there's a lot of loose ends that need to be taken care of, right? And so I was talking to my, my editor, and she was thinking about, you know, so what are you thinking about a Book 3? And I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I mean, I would love to write a, I would love to write a Book 3, but we have to see, of course, how Book 1 does, but... Yeah, I'm, so I'm thinking about, so I have preliminary ideas on like how to write a book three if, there, if, there, if I am given the opportunity to write it. And I'm also thinking about, you know, my whole brand and my whole thing is about uplifting black boys and uplifting black boys like me, right? And so I'm also thinking about another series that I want to do um, about black boys at Magic School. Because I have never seen that before. I've never seen a black boy. I've seen them in like in Harry Potter, but they're like on the, on the side and maybe talk like once, you know, the whole series. But I've never seen black boys really take over the narrative in magic schools the way that I really, really want them to. So I have an idea, taking 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 away with the idea on that too as well. Oh, okay. Quite fascinating. I'm really excited the idea of like all of the sort of Cameron Battle sort of series. And then I really like the idea of that sort of spin-off where all sort of magic schools. I'm a sucker for any sort of magic realism. Our sort of our world, but there's a secret magic world behind it. All those stories are just too yeah. good, too good. Oh, you you, you sound like you're gonna be busy, Jamar. I'm gonna be very very busy. There's a lot of promotion. I love it though. I love writing, and you know, my entire life, I can't. I've always had jobs where I get tired after three to four years. But with writing, I don't feel tired at all. Like I feel like I love what I do, and I love to write, and I love to be in worlds that are not my own. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. I the busyness is something that I got to get used to, but the but the writing part is something that I, I can keep in mind. Yes, absolutely. Well, we have loved having you on the show, and we are rapidly getting towards the end, unfortunately. But we are not going to go anywhere until 
It's competition time. Yes, that's right, lovely listeners. It's time for a competition. And we've got a very special one because we're going global. We're not giving away just one book. No, 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 no. We're giving away two books. Yes, one lucky listener here in the UK and one lucky listener there in the US are going to get your hands on a copy of Cameron Battle on the Hidden Kingdoms. How do you do that? Let me tell you. You're going to be heading over to our Twitter, at Big Kids Book Club, all one long lovely word. There you're going to be retweeting and liking our competition post and using the hashtag ShidaniComp. ShidaniComp. That's all one word as well. And beside that, our quizzy question that you need to enter is, obviously one of the cool things in Cameron Bout is all the griffins that they ride. Oh, they ride griffins, by the way. Did we did we not pick that up? Yeah. Yeah, that happens too. All the um, griffins have these amazing names. Normally they have like Ebo sort of like inspired names meaning stuff. I know uh, uh, Ugo, is it? Cameron's one is means eagle. So we want you guys to tell us if you had a magical griffin to ride around on, what would you call it? It's as simple as that. Jamar, what would your... Obviously... We know that Cameron is very much linked to your own personality, your own heart. Uh, but is there another name you'd have if you had your own personal griffin to ride around on? Oh, what would I call him? I would call him what, what I call my first car, Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> my first car was, I, I had a beat up Ford Explorer and I named him Malcolm. Um, and so I think that that's what I would call my, my griffin. That's pretty good. I, I mean, I'd probably, I, I'd want some sort of like mythical name, but again, that sort of makes me feel like some, uh, oh, Arthurian legends are coming to my mind at the moment. Call them like Merlin or something. Don't know why. That's just Ooh, the first thing that came to my one. head. That's a good one. But yes, Merlin the Griffin and Malcolm the Griffin. There you go. Merlin and Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> Merlin and Malcolm together. Yes, there you go. They, they are our choices. What would you call your griffin? Let us know with that hashtag ShadaniComp and you could be in a chance in the US and the UK of winning a copy of Cameron Battle. How does that sound, Jamal? It sounds great. It sounds amazing. I love getting books in, in, in kids' hands. It's amazing. It is going to be amazing. And this has been amazing. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of today's interview, but I'm not going to let you go anywhere, Jamal, until you let our lovely listeners know where they can find out more about you and your amazing book. Is there like a social media or a website they can go to? Yeah, so my website is Jamar J. Perry. That is J-A-M-A-R. So it's Jamar J. Perry. You can go to my website.com. You can go to my website. You can see more about me. Learn more about the books that I'm writing. You can also um, you know, find links to where to find my social media. You can also find links in order to find pre-order links to, to buy Cameron Battle and the Hidden Kingdoms as well. And you can also find you know my contact information as well too. So if you want to reach out and book me for an interview or a school visit or something like that, feel free to reach out on my contact sheet too. So everything you need to know will be on my website, jamarjperry.com. There you go. And, of course, lovely listeners, you can always find out more about us. You're going to head over to our Twitter, at Big Kids Book Club, to enter this fantastic competition. But you can also find out more about us at our website, bigkidsbookclub.com. There we've got absolutely more, tons of content, additional material, as well as an entire archive of the podcast, so you can never miss an episode. Well, Jamal, this is the end of the show, unfortunately. You have been a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. It's been fantastic. And to you lovely listeners, we hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to catch us up next time. But until then, all I can say is for you to take care, to stay safe, but most importantly, to keep on reading. 